Well, it's good to see you here this morning. I know the weather has really been something else. I know we've got a number of people out. I've had several phone calls this week that people wasn't going to be able to make it. And uh, I thought we'd have more than this, especially with potluck. But uh, thank you for being here. Uh, I've got a little message I wanted to bring this morning. And uh, I think it affects us all in one way or another. And I've entitled this, Removing the Pain of Guilt. Let me ask you a question. You remember when you was a child growing up and you had done something and how guilty you would feel and you just knew somebody was going to find out about it and you just was really down. And, and, and most of the time it's kind of like we would get to feeling so bad we'd have to go tell somebody. We'd have to go confess it. Well, that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Whenever we make a mistake and we get down and we start feeling like I know I've messed up, and I need to talk to somebody. Well, there's only one person you can really talk to, that's God. When we sin against God and we do something, we need to go to Him and we need to confess it. You know, it, uh, most people say, well, I don't sin. Well, 1 John 1.8 says that if we say that, if we say we have no sin, that we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. We all make mistakes. I don't care. You can be saved, you can be, but you've got an enemy out there that is totally and constantly coming against you, telling you uh, that God doesn't love you. I did a sermon here the other day called about the assurance of salvation. I've had many people ask me, how can I be sure that I'm saved? How can I know? And they said, sometimes I don't feel like I'm saved. Well, you know who? That's Satan. He's the one trying to convince you're not saved. If you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you believe in Him, you believe He died on that cross for you, you believe He arose the third day, and you believe this in your heart, you are saved. We do not go by what we feel, but we go by the promises of God that He has made us. And He's, he's told us, we are saved. And that's what we have to look at. That's just like when we, the message I'm going to bring this morning, whenever we have made a mistake and uh, we've done something wrong, we need to confess it to God. You know, the, what we're going to look at, and, I'm, and like I said, I've, I've entitled it Removing the Pain of Guilt. Guilt can cause a lot of pain. Guilt can do a lot of things to you, which I'll show you in a minute. And we're going to look at a man that had a lot of guilt, and rightly so. I'm going to look at David, and I'm going to look at Psalms 32. They believe that David wrote this Psalms after his ordeal with Bathsheba. You know, David had a lot of sin in his life. There's, they say that uh, during his sin with Bathsheba that he broke like six of the Ten Commandments. David knew what the Ten Commandments were. He knew God's Word, but yet he broke them. And then David tried to hide things. He wasn't confessing. 
during his ordeal with Bathsheba, that was adultery, and then to keep other people from finding out about the adultery, David had Uriah, her wife, Bathsheba's husband, killed. Well, he didn't actually murder him, but he put him right on the front lines where the heaviest battle was going on, knowing he would be killed. And this was to, to make people think, you know, that, well, the baby that, that, that Bathsheba was carrying belonged to Uriah, but he was killed. So then David married Bathsheba. And most people thought that that was <coughs> Uriah's child. And, you know, David wouldn't confess this. He carried it on. He carried it on the inside of him. And it eat at him, and it eat at him. And... Uh, he, he, he probably carried this, this uh, shame and this sin probably for close to a year and a half to two years. And finally, God sent the prophet Nathan to him and confronted him with it. God loved David enough that he wasn't going to let him get by with his sin. That's the way he does us. He loves us enough that he's going to make us feel guilty. He's not going to let us get by with sin. He wants us to bring this to him, confess it, get rid of it, and get back in a right standing with God. And that's what he wanted from David. And, uh, you know, with David holding back and not confessing, the baby that Bathsheba carried died. That was part of what happened. That was part of the sin that 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 uh, David caused. He caused that baby's death, really, because of not confessing that sin, trying to get by with it. You know, the Bible tells us uh, that uh, be sure that your sin will find you out. God knows what our sins are. We're not hiding anything from God. David thought that God had forgot about his sin, evidently, and he held it back, and he held it back, and he wouldn't confess it. Unconfessed sin can cause a lot of problems depending on how serious that unconfessed sin is. You know, when God looks at sin, sin is sin. God sees sin. And God says He cannot look upon sin. He cannot bless sin. People that are, are, that, that are in sin, God can't even hear their prayers. The only prayer He's going to hear Father, I have sinned, forgive me. When we come to him to confess that sin, he'll hear that. And then he will forgive us. But up until that point, you can pray and you can pray and you can pray, but as long as you've got that sin concealed and hid in you and had not confessed it, God cannot hear your prayer because he can't even look upon you because of sin. And uh, But David... Finally confess his sin. And that's what we're going to look at. When we have unconfessed sin in our life, we need to do what David did. David gives us a prime example of how to get rid of unconfessed sin. How to get rid of it. And David went through a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, because he did not confess that sin. 
Maybe sometimes we go through some things that we shouldn't have to go through simply because we've got something going on inside of us that we didn't come to God and ask Him to forgive us for. I don't think that, that probably people in here, you don't have that kind of sin that David had. But sin is sin. When we mess up, we mess up. And we sin, it puts kind of a wedge between us and God. It drives a wedge between us. And we're not as close to God. God has to turn His face from us because of the sin that's on us. He cannot look at it. And uh, I guess, of all people, David had a good reason for feeling guilty. I mean, you've committed adultery, you've committed murder, and yet you're trying to hide it. Many believe, like I said a while ago, that David wrote this Psalms after, after a, it, we'll just call it a double sin. He had a double sin, murder and adultery. David's guilt was very heavy upon him. It burdened him. He thought about it day and night. There was times, that, especially when, he was, when, when that baby of Bathsheba, he got sick. David couldn't eat. He couldn't sleep. He couldn't do nothing. But that was a punishment that God put up on David was to take that baby away from him. He took it to heaven. You know, David made that comment. He said, I, the baby cannot come back to me, but I can go to the baby. David's saying when I die, so that's telling us, if you're wondering about babies, they're in heaven. This here kind of goes and tells us. David said, the, the child can't come back to me, but I can go to him. That child was in heaven. God took that child. The baby hadn't committed no sin. He had, that baby had not reached what we call an age of accountability to where that baby knew the difference between sin and no sin. When he knew, an age of accountability is when you get to that point when you realize what sin is and you still do it. Then you're held accountable for it. But up until that time, and, and each child is different. Some child can realize this faster than others. But God knows when you realize what sin is. But he took that baby home. And David's guilt was very, very heavy because he knew that all this laid upon him for not confessing, not coming to God, not confessing his sin, not confessing what he had done. And that's one of our problems. Many times we do something, we think, well, it's not that bad. But yet, how many times have you sat there and all day, it's, you thought about it. It's heavy on your heart. It's heavy on your mind. Oh, I need to, I need to go to God, but I, I don't want nobody else to know. You know, God's not going to tell anybody else. That's between you and God. But we need to get rid of sin that we have done and that, we, that is in ourselves that we have caused we need to repent and get rid of that sin so that we can get back into a right, a right relationship with God. Though He can bless us. He can hear our prayers. And uh, like I said, David's guilt was very heavy upon him. And here in Psalms 32.4, listen to what David says. For day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My moisture is turned into the drought of summer. God's hand was heavy on David. 
David wasn't going to, and, and God wasn't going to let up on David either until David confessed. God loved David that much that you're going to go through it until you confess because I love you and I don't want you to go to hell. God loves us enough that his hand, maybe sometimes we, 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 we feel that punishment. We feel that heaviness of God on us because we have not, we have not confessed a sin that's in our life. And uh, David was saying that his, his, his guilt is like a burden just too heavy to bear. It was so heavy to carry around. It was just dragging David down daily. David's release from guilt felt so good. And this, shot, and this uh, Psalms 32 shows what David did and how he got released from his sin by his confession. There's some things we have to do when we sin. The first thing we have to do is you have to admit your guilt. You have to admit, Lord, it was me, I did it. They say that's one good thing about David. They said David never tried to blame what he did on somebody else. He said, Lord, it was me, I did it. Lord, I have sinned. How many of us when we do something, we try to put the blame on somebody else? Well, he caused it. He talked me into it. Well, he couldn't have talked you into it if he didn't want to do it. You can't be talked into something that you don't want to do. So we can't blame somebody else. It's us. We, Lord, I messed up. Lord, I sinned against you. And I'm coming to you now asking you to forgive me of that sin. And if you do it in your heart and you truly believe it, God's going to forgive you. And that sin will be gone. You know, here in Psalms 32.5, David says, this is what I did. <clears throat> he said, I acknowledged my sin unto you. He said, God, I came to you. I acknowledged my sin. Lord God, I told you everything I did, and I held nothing back. Too many times we want to come to God and we want to confess it, but yet we still want to hold some things back. We don't want to tell God everything. But what we got to know also is God already knows everything. But he wants us to come to him with a contrite heart, a guilty heart, wanting true forgiveness for what we have done. And that's when God says, you're forgiven. And he hides that sin and, it's, and he never more uh, brings it back up to us. And, but that's, that's the whole thing. We have to admit and acknowledge our sin. And it says here, <coughs> excuse me. She said, I acknowledge my sin unto you and my iniquity. Iniquity also means wickedness. He says, my wickedness I have not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. And you forgave the iniquity of my sin. When he, though he turned clean with what he did, what happened? He repented truly in his heart. God forgave him. God forgave him. See, if David would have done this to start out with, David wouldn't have had to go through all this stuff. Sometimes if we will do this, when we do something, you might not have to go through some stuff that God's going to put you through to make you confess to him. God loves you too much to let you live in sin. He's going to pull you out of that sin one way or another. He's going to make it so hard on you that you're going to confess so that God's heavy hand 
will be lifted off of you. That you can get some peace. That you can get some rest. You know, we in this day and age, we've witnessed the downfall of politicians, even some ministers and businessmen and other leaders when they were caught doing something. But you know, most of them sidestepped confessing what they had done and they tried to blame it on somebody else. There was a pastor, I'm not going to say his name, but you probably know who he is, that he kind of did about the same thing David did except for the murder. He got caught. God's hand was so heavy upon this minister, he stood before his congregation with tears streaming down his face. And he confessed, God against you and you only have I sinned. Right in front of his congregation. He knew that if he did not confess this sin, he was finished. He knew that God could not use him. But when he went to God and he confessed what he had done in his heart, God believed him, God forgave him, and he's still in the ministry today. His name is Jimmy Swaggart. I'll tell you who he is. He's got a, he's got a, a great ministry going in Louisiana. But he confessed to what he had done. He confessed his guilt. And God forgave him. And God restored him. He was on the brink of being finished. Not only as a pastor, but probably his life. Because of what that guilt had done to him. You know, David made this same, just about the same acknowledgement that this pastor did when he said in Psalms 20, excuse me, in Psalms 32, 5, I acknowledge my sin to you. That's what this pastor did. He acknowledged his sin to God. You know, I know that him being a man of God, this had to hurt God's heart. But God also still loved him. And God forgave him. God restored him. That's what he does to a lot of us. When we truly confess our sin, God forgives us. He restores us. He says, okay, you're forgiven. Now serve me and do my will that I'm going to call on you to do. You know, one of the first steps to forgiveness and relief of guilt is admitting that something is wrong in our life. Something's not right. And you know what it is. You above all people know what it is. Nobody else may but you and God. And whoever else was affected by it. You know, there's been, and I know for a fact, there's been some to come before God, confess, I have sinned, and they did. But yet it wasn't with their heart. They come to God and confess that sin simply 
because they got caught. And they wanted everybody else to think that they, it was heavy on their heart and they were confessing it. And no time, and a short time after that, it's right back doing it again. They got caught again, and that time it, they were finished. Because it was, this was a position, I'm not going to say anything other than, it was a position that uh, there was a lot of trust in them. A lot of people disappointed in them. A lot of people hurt. Simply because of their sin and the wickedness in their heart. You know, like I said, the first step to forgiveness is admitting something is wrong in your life. If you don't think nothing's wrong, you're not going to confess sin. Even though it is sin, you know, oh well, it's, it's, it don't amount to that much. Sin is sin. That's the way God sees it. Sin is sin. David, though, you know, he did not conceal his iniquity. He did not conceal the wicked things that he had did. He stopped trying to hide his sin. That is a problem. Too many people are trying to hide sin. And it will catch up with you. That's what I said a while ago. Numbers 32, 23. Be sure that your sin will find you out. What is done in secret will come to light. It will be found out. Guilt must be confronted. When there is guilt, it has to be confronted. It has to be confronted to overcome the sin. We can't continue to keep hiding it. We must deal with it, confess it, and get rid of it. We have to get rid of it. We can't just keep hiding it. The truth is, you know, if you do not confess your guilt and deal with that guilt, your guilt is going to deal with you. One way or another, your, deal, your guilt will deal with you. It may affect you mentally. David said in Psalms 32, 3, when I kept silent, when I didn't, when I didn't admit what I'd done, when I didn't confess it, <clears throat> but when I kept silent, my bones waxed old. It's like they just had grown old, brittle, sore, hurt. He was, it's just like somebody with a lot of arthritis in their body. If you've got arthritis in your body, you know how sometimes it just hurts and hurts. It, it hurts to move. It hurts to do anything. Well, that's what David was feeling. He said his bones were wax old all through his roaring all day long. He was moaning and groaning all day long because of the pain that was going on in him because of unconfessed sin. It was it about to drive David crazy. And uh, David's conscience is what it was. It just groaned and boned all day long. David could not get the wrong he had done out of his mind. It stayed there. When you do something wrong, be honest. Think about it. When you do something wrong, how often does it just come up out of nowhere and you think about it? That's what was going on with David. God would tell him, you need to forget that sin, I may not forget it, but confess it. So I can forget it. 
You know, that sin followed him throughout the day constantly. It was on his mind even at night when he would try to sleep, and he couldn't. He, that, that sin was there. It kept coming to him and coming to him. Guilt can also affect you spiritually. David said in Psalms 32, 4, For day and night your hand was heavy on me. God was giving David no peace. He was giving David no rest. Not until David confessed that sin and got right with God. God loved David. God loves us. But he wants any sin in our life, he wants it confessed. He wants it got rid of so that we can have that relationship. Father, son. Father, child. Father, daughter. Whatever the case. God wants that relationship restored and it cannot be restored until we get rid of the sin in our life because sin separates us. Sin separates us from God. And uh, <clears throat> like I said, if sin separates us from God, like I said a while ago, it drives a wedge between our relationship with God. And that wedge is going to remain there until we confess that sin and we deal with the problem that's going on in our life. We're going to have a wedge between us and God until we deal with it and confess what is going on. And guilt can affect you physically. It did David in Psalms 32, 4. He says, My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. He said, I had no energy. I had no strength. He said, I was just practically nothing. Could do nothing. I was so weak. That, that, that David's sin was beginning to affect him physically. It affected him mentally, physically, and it affected him spiritually. When that sin gets heavy enough, it affects your whole body, it affects your mind, and that's what keeps coming up in your mind until we get rid of it. Like water, this, this is what David's saying. My strength was drained as in the summer's heat. It's just like water that evaporates in a hot day, sunny day. That's the way David's physical condition was. His strength just began to evaporate. Had no strength. David had just about lost his will to live because of what he was going through. You know, I don't know. Many people... When they go through a lot of pressures and a lot of difficulties, uh, and they're just their mind is on something they've done, and they can't concentrate on anything else, they'll lose their appetite. They won't eat. Like I said, they're unable to sleep, and they feel sick all the time because that's what that sin is doing to them. All because of the of the feelings of their guilt. This affects us. And many of us don't realize this. You know, as I was studying and reading this, and, and this was being brought to light, and then I got to read about David some more, David went through a lot of stuff because of sin. And, and you know, and, and that's what, even when God said that David was a man after his own heart. God loved David. David loved God. I'm sure you love God. God loves you, but sometimes there's still those things that, 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 that try to come in between us and God. That's Satan. He wants to separate us from God. 
He'll do everything he can to separate us from God, and he'll especially do it in a family. If, God, if Satan can separate a family, divorcing and all this, Satan feels like he's had a victory. Especially if it's a Christian family. If it's a family that loves God. And he's managed to get in there and tear that family apart. Knowing how much God loves them, he felt like if he could do this, he had a victory over God. But do you realize that, that, that God can restore what Satan has destroyed? Many times, Satan, I'll say it like this. I, I know some married couples that divorced. They got back in church. and Before you know it, they were back together. Remarried and lived a great life. Because they've put God in their life. When you have God in your life and you put God first, He takes care of all that other stuff. But God has to be first. You have to love God first of all and trust in Him to take care of you, your marriage, and your family. Put your family, when you pray, Put your family in God's hands. God, I'm putting my family in your hand. You can take care of them so much better than I can. Because you see what's going to happen. You've got the power and you've got the strength to bless my family. To meet our needs. And God will meet your needs. I know some families there, when they got into church and they got to, to worshiping God, loving God, serving God, they said their whole life changed. The blessings that came upon them, financially, physically, mentally, the children. You see, it all changed because God was there in that family, watching over that family, helping that family go through all their difficulties. And God will do this because of His love for us. We must confess guilt. That's the only way we can get rid of it. David said in Psalms 32, 5, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. He said, I'm going I'm, I'm, I'm to get on my knees and I'm going to confess everything that I have done, everything in my heart. I'm going to confess it to God. I'm going to admit it. I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of it. I'm giving it to God. I'm not going to hold back anything. I'm not going to try to hide anything. And we don't need to try to hide anything from God when we go to Him. The truth is, if we don't deal with our guilt, like I said a while ago, that deal's going to deal with us one way or another, and it's not going to be good. We have to confess our guilt. Guilt is removed only when the truth is told. Guilt is removed only when the truth is told. Told to God. God, I did it. I'm not going to lie about it. This is what I did, and I am so truly sorry for it. Lord, I'm asking you to forgive me, to put your hand upon me, to guide me, and never let me fall into this trap again. And God's going to hear that prayer because you have asked in your heart, and God has heard you, and he's forgiving you, and he's going to restore you. When we confess our guilt to God, He promises to forgive us. He promises that He'll forgive us if we'll come to Him 
and confess everything and not hold anything back. But if we confess it, here in Psalms 32, 1, it says, Blessed is he whose transgression or sins are forgiven and whose sin is covered. This means that God takes our sin away. It's like a big burden has been lifted. I don't know if you've ever experienced it or not. Where you was going through something, but you confess that, you give it to God, God forgive you. It's just like a big heavy weight had come off of you. It's like, oh Lord, thank you. It's like the scripture. Bring your burdens to me. I'll carry them for you. We need to take our burdens. We need to take our sins. God will take them. He'll get rid of it. He'll, he'll, it's like the scripture says over in Psalms 103. He will take our sins and he will cast them as far as the east is from the west. Notice he used east and west. He didn't use north and south. Why? Because you can go east and you'll never ever go west. You'll always be going east. But if you go north or south, you're going to come to a point of the north and south pole where it changes. God used east and west, not north and south. He says... I'm going to cast it as far, and this will never change. Your sins will never be remembered. They will never come back. I'm not going to bring them up again. They're over. And I'm blessing you. People, you know, I didn't realize that until I got to study on it about the north and south and east and west. But you can go north, and pretty soon you're going to end up, you're going to be going south. But when you're going east, you just keep going east. You'll never be going west. Because you come to that north and south pole, it changes. East and west doesn't change. God takes our sin away. Like I said, just like a heavy burden has been lifted off of us. He removes all of our sin. In other words, He cast it away. He cast it out of His sight. He does not count that sin against you. It's gone. It's not written down in the book. It's gone. He clears your record. It's like it never happened. On top of that, guess what? Your sin debt has been canceled. There is no more debt. God took care of that for you too. He took care of that for you on the cross. We just have to confess our sins. If you're here today, and if you have something going on in your life and you would like to know there's something in your life that's holding you back, that's causing you pain, causing you problems, you need to confess it. You don't have to confess it to anybody in here. You don't have to confess it to me. But you do have to confess it to God. That's what these altars are for. This is between you and God, not between you and me or you and anybody else in here. It's between you and God. God will take those sins and that wickedness, that iniquity that is in you, and He'll heal it. And He'll get rid of it. And He'll never again bring it back up to you. It'll be gone. In 1 John 1, 9, it tells us, If we confess our sins... Jesus is faithful and just to forgive us and then cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You are whole. You're cleansed. You're clean. You have no more sin. It's gone. 
But until you confess that sin and you're carrying it around, you still got it. God's the only one that can remove it. Man cannot remove it, but God can. And then after you confess that guilt, there's one thing you have to do. To really set you free. You know what it is? You have to forget it. God has. God's already forgiven it. Now you have to forget it. But I'm going to tell you right now, Satan will keep bringing it up to you. Oh, you remember when you did this and you remember when you did that? And he said, no, Satan. I don't and God don't either. He's not holding it against me. He said, he don't remember it anymore. I'm free of it. My death has been canceled. I don't owe anything. God has taken care of everything. He has paid my debt. Your debt has been paid. But you have to come to God. You have to confess that sin and get rid of it. God forgets our confessed sin. If He forgets it, so should we. You don't need to remember something that God has forgotten. Forgotten. God doesn't just put a record of our past mistakes in a closet. He doesn't just kind of stick them back somewhere. You know what happened? He destroys them. They're gone. He gets rid of them forever. They are no more. They're gone forever. I want to ask the band to come up. <coughs> if you're here today, nobody's going to ask you any questions or anything else. But if there's anything in your heart, in your spirit that you know that not, shouldn't be there, we have altars. Just come up and ask God to forgive you. Be sincere. All you got to do is kneel at that altar, say, Lord, I messed up. I did this. I know you know it, but I'm confessing it to you. because I need to get rid of it. I don't want it in my life any longer. Get rid of it. God will take that sin and he will haul off and he'll throw it so far you'll never see it again and he won't either. It's gone. Then you forget it. Just say to yourself, Satan, when he brings it up, well, you remember when you did this? No, Satan, I don't because that's gone. God forgot it. I have forgotten it. You, when you come to Christ, you are a new creation. You're a brand new human being. You're something brand new. 2 Corinthians 5.17 Therefore, whoever is in Christ becomes a new creation. You're a brand new person. All the old things in your life have passed away. They are no more. God has destroyed them. And whoever accepted Christ, you are now a new creation. You're brand new. No sin. But you're in a right standing with God. And He's hearing your prayers and he's going to answer those prayers because he loves you. And he wants you to know he loves you. So if you're here today and you just need to get rid of some stuff, get right with God, please, today is your day to come to God, get rid of all of the sin that you may have not gotten rid of yet. You know, some people even kind of hold on to sin a little bit. They'll pray and pray, but there's that one little thing that they just kind of hold on to. 
Get rid of that too. Get rid of all of it. And God will bless you. So I'll ask the band to play. If you do need to come up, please. Come up. Get rid of it. Get back in a relationship with God. Put Him first in your life, first in your family's life. And I'll, I'll guarantee you, I promise you, your life will change. God will change it. You'll never be the same again. But you will be blessed. So if you need to come up, please do.